So last week, we observed Jesus' attitude, his humility, and his mentality as he was walking the path that was his father's will. We look at him, we study his word, we look at him, and we continue to look at him as an example for our lives today. And then uh, as we did that, as we considered his uh, attitude, his humility, and his, men his mentality, I asked us to consider in particular his mentality. His mentality as he walked this journey, this journey that is called life. And then we looked at five lessons from his humiliation from Spurgeon which kind of helps us understand and bring it back into context of, of uh, where we are. The first one was this. The first lesson that we learned is that we are to have a firmness of faith in the atoning sacrifice of Jesus. Number two is that we are, as his children, are to have or to cultivate a great hatred of sin. Number three is that we are to be a people, a children who are called to learn how to be obedient. When God speaks, we are to be obedient quickly and not have the um, ooh, ah, quickly. Number four, we learned that we are, from his humiliation, that we are to have the holy art of self denial. And then number five, we learn that we are to have a great hatred for human glory. Great hatred for human glory. I said number two, great hatred for sin. And then number five, a great hatred for human glory. So when humans come in and give you praise and all those things, yes, they may be acknowledging what you have done, the, the gifts that you're using, the talents that you have, but we do not linger on that thing. We don't hold on to that. We say, thank you, glory to the king. But we don't take it for ourselves because of what happens. And if we do, that ends up becoming pride develops into pride, and we have done it. Today, we will look at the result of his mentality. We've studied, we've seen Jesus humbled himself. He was God in his deity, became man, set aside his, his godliness, his, his attributes, as it were, and became man to identify with us so that he can reach out to us. And so today we will look at the result of that, his mentality uh, on this earth. In, in other words, we will look at what God did because of Jesus' humility. And just a reminder that the overall theme of chapter 2 of Philippians is unity. We have been speaking about unity. All of this, God calls us to be united. We're to set ourselves aside, to consider each other highly than us, or higher than ourselves. 
Why to promote unity? And so the theme and title of today's message, based on today's scripture, is Jesus Highly Exalted. Jesus Highly Exalted. So let's, Philippians chapter 2, we'll read from verse 9 through to verse 11. And as we read, may I ask us to consider the results of Jesus' obedience. Verse 9 says this, Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. Verse 10, That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth. And, those, and, and of those under the earth, verse 11, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory um, of God the Father. I made a statement earlier on that as we were um, worshipping, that we as his children are called to um, exalt him to to um, yeah to exalt to to uh, lift him up high to say that he is Lord and that at his at his name every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. For us, we have the choice, and it's a delightful choice to confess that he is Lord. But for those who do not know him, it, it, they, they choose not to confess that he is Lord. But one day they will confess that he is Lord, whether they like it or not, because that is the reality. See, it's one thing to be humbled by something that happens to you. It's one thing to be humbled by the circumstances, things that happen to you. It's yet another to be humble or to humble oneself by choice. It's one thing to be humble because of circumstances. It's yet another to humble yourself by choice. Jesus deliberately took the direction in life which was humbling. This word has stuck out. Humble yourself. Humbling. Don't go up. Don't exalt yourself. Rather go down. Rather be humble. It is humiliating to surrender one's pride, to surrender one's self-will. The crucifixion was a humiliating and an embarrassing event, an ugly, disgraceful thing in the, in the Roman times. Yet Jesus chose to go to the cross. He chose to humble himself and go to this humiliating, ugly event for your sake and my sake. Yet, because of that, God says there is a reward for the cross. Because of what Jesus did, God says to him, there is a reward for you. And it's good for us to always think, so every time we see the word therefore in the Bible, we should ask 
um, or look to see what is it there for. What is it there for? And so because of the humiliation that Jesus underwent or went through as a man, as the example to us, God will exalt him. Paul says in verse 9, Therefore, God has highly exalted him, Jesus. Therefore, because Jesus humbled himself, therefore, God exalted him. So because Jesus did something, therefore, there was a result. It's like a cause and effect. There is, you do something, and as a result, result of doing something, something else happens. And um, this is the reality. God likes to reward obedience. Who believes that? God likes to reward obedience. God rewarded Jesus as our perfect example. And guess what? Because he did that, he will reward you and I because of our, example, uh, of our obedience. It's good to remember that we're not justified or born again by our obedience. But after we have come to salvation by faith, we are rewarded for our obedience. So this life, this journey, us, we're still here. We are saved. Thank the Lord that we will be with him one day. But then the question that I'll, I have asked many a times is, if, why, it, it's so hard to be Christians on this uh, earth, isn't it? We find it difficult. I find it difficult to, be, to, to um, uh, represent God in many, many uh, circumstances, especially when the world is against us. It's hard. So then I ask myself, well, the fact that God hasn't taken me to be with him now means he has a purpose. He has a plan. He has something that he wants me to achieve here on earth for my benefit and for the benefit of others around me, but also for his glory. So there's a reason why you're still alive. There's a reason why you're still alive. If you don't Believe that, let me remind you that there's a reason why you're still alive. God has a plan and a purpose for you. And, and it, it, it's hard because this life generally is hard. This life generally is hard, but it's hard because of who we are called to be. It's hard because of who we are called to present. To represent on this earth. Jesus did not use his being God as a way for getting advantage, advantages for himself. As I've said before, he did not use his position to be boastful or proud. Jesus made himself nothing by choice. He made himself nothing by choice. He wasn't forced to do that. It was his choice. He did not make people feel inferior 
How many times do you feel inferior around people? Or how many times do we make people feel inferior because of maybe what we know, our knowledge, maybe our, our possessions, or whatever the case might be. How often do we make people feel inferior? Jesus, the King of Kings, did not do that. He, decided, he chose not to do that. He was not self-centered. He never practiced discrimination. He emptied himself towards God. I highlight these uh, points or these qualities about Jesus' life as a human being on earth so that it, it, it uh, highlights to us how it's supposed to work out, how we're we supposed to be on this life, or in this life. Jesus was willing to do what God said. He was willing to take uh, the foolish route, to look foolish before men. He did not care about what people thought. He did not demand anything for himself. He became a real human being. So much so that he could be weak. He could be emotional, thirsty, exhausted. He was really tempted. He surrendered his glory. His home. In heaven. Jesus accepted the disgrace of the crucifixion. <laughs> so that was Jesus. Uh, this was Jesus' attitude, his mentality while he was, whilst he was here on earth. Not God, Jesus God, but Jesus the Son of God as a human in his humanity. So Paul says here, but therefore the Father highly exalted him. Jesus himself lived for reward. Now I've heard and even in some ways been taught that it's actually wrong for us Christians to live for reward. I don't know about how many of us have maybe heard that or, or, or understand life to be. It's actually wrong for you to live for reward. But Jesus, the very Son of God, lived for reward. You remember what Hebrews 2, I mean Hebrews 12 verse 2 says, it was because of the joy set before him, Jesus Christ, that he endured the cross, despising the shame. It was because of the joy, joy set before him. So there was something set for him. There was a reward for him. And so he was able to endure the cross, to endure the work that God has given, had given for him to fulfill on earth. So actually, for you and I, it's not wrong to live for reward. It is not wrong. Jesus did it. But I'll explain as to how you're to live for this reward. So the mentality that it's wrong, you are being uh, almost proud by living for reward is wrong. It is okay to live for reward. It just depends what kind of reward you're living for. And so this, this section of Philippians 2 verse 9 through to 11 is still continuing to, to the exhortation in verse 5, 
where we are to have the mind of Christ. In the sense of the following verse, 6 to 8. So we are to think of one another more highly than ourselves. We are to consider others than we are to consider ourselves. But also, we are to have the mind of Jesus in expecting reward. Does that sound wrong? You are to live this Christian life with an expectation of rewards. We too shall be given a name one day. Why do I say that? Because we are Abraham's children. You're from the lineage of Abraham. And if you remember the theme of, um, of this name changing, of being given an, uh, a new name, started in Genesis verse, uh, chapter 12, where it says, I will make your name great. This was part of the promise to Abraham. Abraham did not get it all there. I'll make a name great. He didn't get it all. He didn't get it all there and then. His justification came immediately in Genesis 15. But the promises of Genesis 12, where he will, his name will be made great, that had to be inherited by faith, and patience. And so here Paul says in verse 9, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Have you ever thought about that? Every knee will bow in heaven. Which knees are going to buy in heaven? On earth, human beings. And this one, under the earth. Which knees will buy under the earth? We will learn that soon. Verse 11. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. Why? To the glory of God the Father. All of this, all of this, what Jesus went through when he became a human, uh, in, out of obedience, there was um, an obedience that he, he followed, and then God rewarded him because of his obedience. But all of that was for God the Father's glory. God the Father's glory. So in everything in your life, everything that God allows for your life, that has to end up for God the Father. How does God the Father get glory out of your situation? A good question to ask ourselves. How does God the Father get glory out of your current situation? Jesus took the pathway of humility. This is how I started. He started and took the pathway of humility. And then guess what? As a result of that, he arrived at greatness. He didn't start off by trying to be great. 
but human nature is is that, isn't it? We start up by wanna be wanting to be great, but if you try and make yourself great, guess what? You will be humbled. You will end up being humbled. If you start in a humble path, you will end up being great. Because Jesus is our example. Every Christian should want greatness. Does that sound selfish? It does sound selfish. But it's a reality. We as Christians, we that stand, we, we who are the lights in a darkened world. We, the word says you cannot hide a light under the, a, a bowl, I think it is. You cannot hide a light in the darkness. It will be exposed. You will see it. You cannot help yourself but be a light. You are already, by being a light, you're already great. You are already great. But the question is, to whose glory is that greatness that you are um, exuding, whose glory is it for? Is it for your own glory? Is it for your wife, for your husband's glory, your kids' glory, your company? Whose glory is it for? So every Christian should want greatness. But we have to want this greatness in God's way. So it's okay to want a reward. It's okay to want to be great. But as long as we want it in God's way. Some people don't actually want greatness. Ever heard of um, um, is it fake humility or I think it's fake humility. I can't remember the false humility. False fake humility. Same thing. Yes. Some people don't want to be great but they have that sense of actually false humility. Actually, you and I are called to be great. In fact, the moment that you are born again and left into this world, this darkened world, you are immediately great. Because why? You are shining the light of Christ into a lost and dying world. So already you are great. And if you are great, all the holes will be attracted to your light. And they will try and come to your light. Some of those hojos are not so nice, but they will still be attracted to this light. You are great because you're the son or daughter of the Most High King. And so we are not to be uh, those who call ourselves that we have that false humility. I don't want to be great. Actually, I want to be, be great. It's okay for you to want to be great. And those who say that don't want to be great... May I suggest that actually, in the kingdom of God, they are actually being lazy. If you don't want to be great in the kingdom of God, hear, please hear what I'm saying, not what I'm not saying. You're actually being lazy. Not everyone is very ambitious. Some are indeed ambitious. Others are lazy. 
But we should all, as Christians, want greatness. We should all want Jesus to say to us one day, Well done, good and faithful servant. Welcome into your rest. That is, should be a, 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 one of our motivations to why we, whilst we're still here, we're not in heaven, we're here, there's a reason, we shine in the light of God, and so we are great. And so when we uh, arrive in heaven one day, when He calls us home, we should be ones who are eager to hear, Hey, welcome home, you good and faithful servant. Enter into my rest. I don't want to get to heaven and be told otherwise. And so for us, as Christians, and speaking to the Christians, us who are ambitious, who have an um, ambition as a temperament in our, in our makeup, one has to say to us, be ambitious, yes, in God's way. Be ambitious in God's way. Don't, it's okay. Stri- no, not, not strive, but, but work hard to be ambitious in God's way. Because why? You want to hear those words one day. All done, good and faithful servant. To the lazy among us in the Christian world, one has to say to them, be ambitious for goodness sake, but in God's way also. So for you who is ambitious, great, but do it in God's way. For you who is not so ambitious and maybe you're lazy, ah, no, no, actually you need to be ambitious, but for God's glory in his way. So it's okay to live for reward. We'll get, we'll, we'll get to learn a bit more what it, what it means as to how we're to live. Because there is this uh, uh, line that we cannot cross or we, we feel as though we are being proud by wanting to live for reward. Uh, but the, the Word of God will help us understand why that is r- the wrong thinking. But here, we've seen Jesus's life on earth, his attitude, his humility, and his mentality as he lived. We've learned from that. This is what he did. He he set aside his godliness, his deity, became man for you and I. And then God says, I will exalt you as a result of your obedience to that. So this morning, what has God said to you and I, personally and collectively? What what does he say to you? And are you being obedient? Are you being obedient? If you are being obedient, guess what? There is a reward coming your way. You might not see it now. And actually, you might not see it in full whilst you're on this earth. But there is a reward currently and a reward to come in the life after this. So then, how does, what does exaltation mean for you and I today? What does it mean? So I want, to, I want to live for reward without having a bad um, understanding of this statement. It's okay to live for reward, but we live for reward according to God's way. We are ambitious according to God's way. But what does it mean 
So Jesus did all of that and then God exalted him. So we do whatever God has told us in obedience and God will exalt us. What does it mean for you and I? We are not Jesus. We are not going to go to the cross and save people. We are different. We are under him. But what does it mean for you and I today? There are a few explanation as to what it means. I'm only going to touch one today. Which is this. What does it mean to be... What does exaltation mean? Exaltation in the Christian community, in the Christian context, means recognition. Exaltation means recognition. Jesus was exalted... Exaltation is the truth coming out. So when the truth comes out about your life, there's exaltation in that. One day, the truth about Jesus will be known by the whole universe. At the moment on earth, only the Christians exalt Jesus. But the Father is in the process of exalting Jesus. He has already done it. He has already exalted Jesus. Although there's more to come. Because not everyone acknowledges him as Lord. Already the Father has put Jesus into position and revealed to his people that he is king of the universe. Jesus' exaltation was the reward for the way in which he lived and died. Listen to this. Jesus Christ died in disgrace, but then he was raised in honor. He died in disgrace, but he was raised in honor. It happened after he had died. Can I ask us, are you content to have all your ambitions fulfilled after you have died? Are you content to have all your ambitions, your godly ambitions, those rewards that I'm talking about, that we are to um, um, get by in God's way, are we content to have those fulfilled after we die? Uh, I, don't, I don't know if I'm completely content for all of those things to be fulfilled when after I, I go to heaven. I want them now. My human nature wants them now. I want to be great now. But that wasn't the case for Jesus. If not, if we are not uh, content, then may I suggest that maybe our ambitions are worldly. May I suggest that our ambitions are possibly worldly. And can I remind us that this world will soon pass away. We will leave the things of this world here. It will all pass away. And this also shows that perhaps you don't have much faith in the world that is to come. You don't have... 
We don't have too much faith in the world that's to come. So actually, we as uh, children of God, sometimes in our busyness, have to take a moment and ponder. Just take a, a moment and ponder about your life. What are we living for? What are you living for today? What are you living for? Is it the reward that is given by the world, which will fade away? Or is it the reward that is given to us by God for His glory? And much of that might only be realized in the life to come, rather than this life. See, the main reward of the Christian comes after his or her death. You can go read 1 Corinthians um, chapter 4, verse 5. Your main reward will come after you die. But for the moment, whilst we're here, can I encourage us not to be so shocked when the world hates you. And those hohos come and stick onto you because you're the light. Do not be so shocked. Jesus has been exalted because of his obedience. You will also be exalted because of your obedience here. But there are two sad realities, or there are two realities, one sad, one good. For some people, the truth coming out, being, us being recognized, will not be exaltation at all. The truth becoming known is reward for some, but it will be punishment for others. So your whole life, the truth about your life, the things that come out, what you're living for, when God says and he gives you rewards for your life, as he exposes those hidden things that are hidden, will it be an exaltation, a moment of the truth coming out and you being exalted for the glory of God or be a punishment, an embarrassment? We have the opportunity to make that decision here on earth. So exaltation for Jesus was recognition. The truth coming out about who he is. The truth wasn't there when he walked the earth and he was, you know, was looked down on. He was uh, this and that, but the truth came out when he was exalted. The truth for you and I one day will be recognition. And I want my recognition to be uh, that brings glory to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I get the, I get the, the opportunity to decide that now. So if I'm lazy, I'm sorry, Father, help me. 
to not be lazy, but to be ambitious. Why? Because we ought to be a people of living. Whether you are young or old in the faith, it doesn't matter. We are to be a people who are living to hear those words. Well done, good and, and faithful servant. Welcome into my rest. Those will be beautiful words. I want those words. I want those words. So I'll finish off with this question. It is important for us as Christians to take a moment and to ponder the things of God in our lives and ask ourselves the, this question. What am I living for? What is the point of life? And only you can answer that question truthfully. What is the point of life? Why are you still here on earth? Father, help us. As we maybe take time to ponder upon this question. What am I living for? Give us the answer, Father. If it's wrong, show us and help us change it. If it's right, Lord, thank you. We pray, Lord, that you'd help us to continue living in this right way that ultimately will bring glory to your holy name. Pray for us, my friends, Lord, this morning, my family here, and every Christian on earth, may we all live for, like Jesus for a reward. But may that reward be achieved in your way. Because ultimately it will bring glory to you, my King. In Jesus' strong and mighty name I pray. Amen.